Welcome to Juice Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Juice Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Good morning, Monday morning. Hey, guys. Uh, (laughs) If you can imagine what Devin and I were talking about when we listened to the weather report um, in the previous news segment, we were joking around about, uh, you know, how warm it's going to be this week and how warm it's been the last few days. But, hey, we'll take it. Um, I'm not that guy that's going to complain about a warmer day. But uh, Devin and I were, uh, were, were joking about, you know, the... The, the the sleeping in a in a super hot summer day versus sleeping on a cold cold winter day and the truth of the matter is we both agree there's nothing like that cold winter snuggle when you get the bed under the blankets or you're sitting on the sofa and you got an extra blanket on your feet and you're watching the whatever on television so we were we were we're having a good cool moment about that uh, but hey here we are this week's going to be you know. Um, an above average temperature week, and I'm not complaining about that. We're, you know, as you just heard in the news report, we're probably going to hit the uh, mid to upper 60s today. Tomorrow's going to be, you know, a, a, a little bit of a reflection on that. And then, you know, as Chicago does, it's going to drop off and then bounce back. And, you know, Chicago, Chicago's weather can be like our, sometimes our financial markets. It can be up and down. But at the end of the day, here we are. It is Monday. This is Choose Views, and the number, as always, is 773-763-9278. So I want to jump right in on something that, that popped up on, uh, it popped up yesterday. Um, I had a handful of people say, Hey, where were you? We didn't see you on the family meeting. Well, we are obviously the family meeting is still running strong. Eric and uh, Michelle uh, had a great show yesterday, but um, I'm going to be in and out depending on the week and what's going on. And, you know, Eric and I kind of talked about uh, fluidity and and energy because he thinks I'm, you know, I'm too damn old to do six shows a week. So I will listen to my younger brother who is uh, always in my corner and I'm always in his. But, yeah, I'm I'm still um, hitting it with the family meeting. Just decided that uh, I would take a breather. Um, yesterday and, and uh, get my head right for you guys this morning. And what a hell, just we have like a ton of stuff to talk about this week. And I'm going to try to hit it all and do my very, very best. But um, I do, I, I have a question that I want to throw out to everybody that I, it would be great to get your, your comments on. Uh, it's an area where I don't have a tremendous amount of expertise, but I have a tremendous amount of in, intellectual curiosity. And that is, how do you think that AI will impact the 2024 uh, campaign season and the general election um, in general. How do you guys think that AI will impact the campaign season that we're in in 2024 and the elections in general across the board, the local elections, the state, regional, and of course the national election here in the United States. So I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about that. And of course our number is 
Uh, let me bring you guys up to speed on a few things that uh, just kind of keeping my eye on with, with what's happening in and around the city and throughout the country. United Airlines has decided to join, and you guys may have heard me uh, speak to this last week, that American Airlines is raising its um, baggage fees. So Amer- uh, United has now become the latest U.S. Uh, carrier, major carrier, to increase its fees for checked baggage. American Airlines announced last week... Um, and now Amer- United is, is similarly doing that uh, or, or having that increase. The airlines are looking to grow profits while reining in costs, such as new labor contracts, uh, while uh, they're with uh, the pricing that they want to, you know, increase on this um, baggage uh, area. So um, as I was looking at on CNBC, uh, with baggage fees bringing in more than five, check this out, you guys, five billion dollars. For U.S. Airlines uh, for the first nine months of 2023, so they still, if you do that, on a, if you if you kind of reverse engineer that, if they did five billion dollars in three quarters, uh, they're on pace to probably do somewhere in the range of, you know, six and a half billion, um, may, you know, depending on travel during the fourth quarter of 2023. So United uh, United's higher fees will take effect on February 24th. Or um, which actually yeah, took place on February 24th, I should say. And uh, the breakdown is they'll raise the cost of the first and second bags by $5 to $35 um, and uh, and $45 respectively. So if, if certain travelers will pay in advance. So there you go. Um, you know, they're getting those extra dollars from us just for, you know, hopping on their plane. I have a different th- theory about how they should, if they're trying to, you know, Offset, they're lowering um, uh, some of their lowering rever- revenue costs based on um, labor contracts, based on the cost of running their airline. You know, they're they're highly subsidized our airlines by the federal government. So um, you know, they're we are their uh, inventory as travelers. You know, they don't you you're not um, they can't go out and make more travelers, <laughs> and the planes can only be so big. So, you know, I think that they this is an area where they can, um, in their minds, and it's worked because we certainly aren't not traveling because of it. That's the one thing that's interesting. Um, you know, it's like drinks at a bar. The drinks go up. People are still going to drink alcohol. It's a fair statement because we've seen alcohol prices haven't gone down in my adult, adult lifetime. Uh, the, six, the cost of a six-pack of beer, although I don't track it. I know it's more than it was when I was in college. So you know they're going to do what they got to do to raise their to to increase their their uh, their gross revenues. Um, they probably need to look at increasing salaries of the people that work for the airlines, and maybe cutting some of the fat at the top. That might be a very quick way to improve not only improve profits but also improve the functionality of the airlines. But that's me. I tend to look at you know bottom up uh, economics versus top down. I mentioned the question about what do you guys think will the will the impact of uh, AIB during this 2024 campaign season? So I've got a few other AI com- uh, um, things that I observed. AI may be um, at the tipping point of rejecting job applications. So it's no secret that companies are using artificial intelligence to review job applications, but there has been a push for more transparency. And this is according to an article that I saw in the Wall Street Journal. Under a new law in New York City, it's the first of its kind in the country. More job seekers can request AI not be used in the application process. 
Um, though lawyers do warn that this doesn't guarantee that humans will be the one to do um, to do the work of the the application review. Instead, it's it's an interesting area. Um, the reason that I wanted to kind of you know put my thumb on the scale with this in terms of my opinion is for the longest time I've been you know questioning how much does technology not you know AI being a different part of technology technology but how do algorithms that are in embedded in companies' job hiring processes impact resumes that they say send to our site or send it to us electronically. And I have, I can remember, this was probably 2012 or 14, that uh, Representative uh, uh, James Claiborne down in, in South Carolina had said that they were really reviewing how much uh, technology was impacting resumes coming in from those those of us in the workforce at the time that were over 40 because his concern with the, was that technology was impacting age i'm sorry technology was um searching for indicators that would essentially uh denote someone's age and may very well you know push that off into their proverbial um trash can circular file and so i started then looking into it a little bit and those who know me remember me talking about that this was something that was going to be a problem. And more and more, um, that became a conversation. And I think Elizabeth Warren leaned into it and a few others that I remember paying attention to at the time that in any event, as AI is becoming more and more part of the conversation, um, New York is kind of one of the first states to lean into, um, um, having different requirements on how that can be used when it comes to just reviewing, uh, job applications. Uh, on another area of regarding AI, Tyler Perry's uh, had to kind of indefinitely pause the $800 million expansion of his Atlanta studio, which has been in the years in the making and would have added a dozen sound stages to the 330-acre property, all due to artificial intelligence. Um, he basically was say was quoted that uh, that he was shocked by the mind blowing capabilities of OpenAI's uh, technology known as Sora S O R A, um, which he believes could be the end of a need for location shoots and set building in the in the entertainment industry. Uh, so he's um, kind of pressing pause in that space, and I think a large part of it is because he has been known to be one that wants to make sure that people are, are, are doing the job, not technology. Um, and then one other little piece that I saw I thought was kind of interesting in this space of, of, uh, of employment and activity and work, and that is that we are potentially headed for what could be uh, known as a productivity boom. It's potentially the first productivity boom in 30 years uh, could be right around the corner. And this is ironically linked to the conversation about artificial intelligence and digital tools that support um, hybrid and uh, working remote. And we've all seen that in the last four years with COVID. So one of the things that is potentially an, uh, an offshoot of this is along with the increased productivity uh, which a lot of a lot of employers were concerned about at the tipping point of of COVID that uh, productivity would go down if people were working more remotely. Where now we're seeing that technology is helping folks become more efficient as they're working remote. And if these are increases that are going to be lasting, there are economists uh, that are pro- projecting that um, the economy 
of the, the I'm sorry, the work um, productivity of those who are working remotely and in some sort of a hybrid um, environment could allow for companies to start paying higher wages because of the um, the lack of need for all of the brick and mortar office spaces and workspaces. Uh, so it's interesting. I'm I wanted to kind of lean into that today. Uh, I caught my eye last week and I thought I want to find some articles and information on that. Like I said at the beginning of that, I'm not an expert in that space, uh, but I'm very curious about how technology will be a part of our future. And as a progressive, uh, if it's going to allow us to move forward, then by all means, we should do the best we can to become more aware of it. But my original question, and I want you guys to lean into this, is what do you think AI or how do you think AI will impact the 2024 campaign season and the uh, the general election? So we're going to take a quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. I'm Richard Chu. This is Chu's Views, and we'll be right back. It's Chu's Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey, guys, um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a music buff, um, and today is the 49th anniversary of the song Philadelphia Freedom, released by none other than Sir Elton John, my man. I got a chance to meet Elton John in 1995. Um, I, got, I was part of a, um, a tennis event with Billie Jean King, Andre Agassi, Steffi Graf, uh, and um, what a cool event. Uh, and, and Elton John was there. Uh, it was fundraiser for uh, AIDS, and um, I got to hang out with those guys for for an afternoon and evening. That was a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> that was so cool. Um, and then I built a at that time built a just a friendly conversational relationship with uh, with Billie Jean King because she was obviously uh, with me playing tennis when I was at Pepperdine for a couple of years. Um, she knew some of the women on the on the women's tennis team, so it was a real cool time and. Um, uh, I, I, I wasn't starstruck because I'd met celebrities before, but I was kind of in awe of, um, just the coolness of that event. And, you know, back, you know, that was a, that was a while ago. Elton still had some wheels and so did, so did, uh, Billie Jean, but yeah, 40, uh, 49 years, Philadelphia freedom. Great song. Um, I'm a big Elton John's fan, uh, fan. Bidding into jets is, that's a song that if it comes on, I don't care where I am that, you know, the hand starts to tapping and the foot starts to tapping because that is a cool A song. Um, okay, so as shows like this develop and we get our footing, we start to kind of find, you know, what's what are some of the things that we want to um, to talk about with the, on a regular basis, and then some of the things that our experiences bring to the table as it relates to, frankly, any topic. And so for me, I want to have our show be informative, talk-worthy, fun, laughs, you know, all those things. Um, so I'm going to, you know, as I'm getting my footing in, in this space, I want to continue to, to make sure that you guys are having a good time and listening and following us. Uh, so throughout the course of the week, uh, Mondays on, on Mondays and on Wednesdays and on Fridays, I'm going to throw a few fun curveballs at you guys, just some things that are in my wheelhouse. And one of them is as an advisor, financial advisor, an insurance professional, I, I talk about money a lot and talk about, you know, finances and certainly talk about budgeting. 
and I always try to tie everything that I talk about into what we do in the greater scheme of politics. But uh, one of the things that will be my Monday treat for you guys is just a, the, the, the weekly budgeting tip, if you will. And um, uh, Wednesdays, we'll talk about some useless information. And then on Fridays, we'll talk about all around Chicago. Just a couple of quick thoughts each week on those three days to kind of keep you guys engaged. And um, one of the things that I wanted to hit real quickly before we dive too deeply into politics is there's, there's these myths about budgeting. And let me just share this with you. There's five myths that I've encountered in my career that people oftentimes uh, you know, get caught up in. And they are, budgets are for other people. Budgets are too stressful. Budgets need to be highly detailed. And budgets mean, budgets mean cutting back on fun. Lastly, going over my budget means, uh, going over or past my budget means I fail financially. Well, I'll tell you that those are all myths. Um, they're for, the budgets are not for the people. They are for you. They're, they're stressful if you don't have one. Um, and they don't need to be highly detailed. They just need to be relevant to the work that you do. And um, it doesn't mean cutting back on fun. It actually, as I've learned as a professional, it actually can enhance your fun because now you know you know how you're ruddered and which direction you're going financially. And going over your budget doesn't mean you failed. It means that there's some things that came about that uh, you didn't expect. And as much as you planned for them, and I've seen this with numbers of my clients, things happen that came out of left field or right field, as it were. Um, and creating a budget doesn't take a, a, a lot of, t- it, it takes some time and effort, but once you've got it done with a little focus and commitment, guess what? You'll be surprised at how liberating it actually is. So Mondays are budgeting 101, and I want to be able to provide you guys with some of my experiential knowledge to uh, hopefully put a little bit of a smile on your face or at least a grin. Uh, locally, what's happening? Pat Dow, uh, which is my third ward uh, alderman, um, is one of the sponsors of the City of Chicago Job Fair, which is taking place this Thursday, the 29th, which is our leap year uh, Thursday, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Kennedy King College, 740 West 63rd Street. Um, join her and other um, Aldermatic Black Caucus members. Uh, for this job uh, expo and um, opportunity to meet with different Chicago city of Chicago uh, agencies and other career opportunities that could be of value to you or someone that you know that's uh, looking for a uh, for an opportunity. And then on Wednesday, um, the day before, there is another um, there's an event that she's got going on. It's called the Washington Park Project, and that's going to be at the XS Tennis Center. Uh, 5336 South State Street on uh, Wednesday the 28th at 6 p.m. So um, this is something that everybody is welcome to attend, even though if you, if you may not necessarily be in, in our ward, but uh, something you guys should take advantage of. And I, as I've said all the time, keep, a, keep an eye out what's happening in your ward. I'll do my best to inform you guys of what's happening uh, throughout the city and the, and the region when it comes to events that you know you guys should consider attending. So uh, let's see. Why don't we grab a quick call so, so we're right out of the gate. Let's, uh, let's talk to Jim here in Chicago. Good morning, Rich. Hey, Jim. Uh, let's say, how are you? Good. I was flummoxed by, flummoxed by the uh, result of the 2016 election and how the Russians perfected their electronic uh, attack on us in the United States. And they were very successful in pinpointing those states. 
And the Supreme Court is taking this issue up today. Yep. And I'm sure being young Republicans, three young Republicans on the bench, in their minds are thinking, what will we post on our electronic media? Will they be Democratic messages, Republican messages? I'm sure they'll favor Republican messages on electronic media. And the problem with that is, 50% of the people don't read it anymore. Nobody reads anything anymore. So they could be influenced so easily by AI, uh, artificial intelligence, that uh, it could go completely out of control. But the Supreme Court's looking at the case today. I'm sure that they're going to say that Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, can't put too many Democratic notions on the machine. Anyway, but what I really want to talk about was Wayne LaPierre. The man who lived like like King Midas uh, for years and years, hustling guns of people. Yep. And he embezzles imbe- 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 four million dollars. Won't do a day in jail, where anybody else in a citizen of Chicago would be in the incarcerated forever. In the pokey. And I, yeah, you better believe it, Rich. You know you would be. And uh, but he won't be a uh, he was a news talker at the Democrat at the Republican convention, so he won't be there in in, uh, in Milwaukee. I'm sure. But, but you ask the, but, when, you, when you think about that, you do you do wonder how how long it took them to decide for him not to be part of it because you know what I mean. And so, sort of their their calculus is well, maybe we should still have him because a lot of our donors are NRA members. Absolutely, absolutely. They've been hustling guns for years in Republican parties. All their Republican stations are buy a gun, buy a, I'm a good guy with a gun and a bad guy with a gun and all that other nonsense. Yep. They've been doing that for years. Anyway, Rich, you have a good show. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Rich. Thanks, Jim. Have a great day. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I saw that and, 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 and Jim kind of, kind of pulled the wool on, 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 not the wool, but he pulled the, he pulled the curtain. I saw the Supreme Court was taking that on, and that was the impetus for me having um, some of the information that I had on AI or some of the questions. And, then, you know, listen, if anybody goes online right now, I mean, I, I, I challenge anybody. And again, I always, you know, humbly say, I'm not an expert in this area. I'm a curious person, and I'll always kind of go, hmm, this is, this is probably how my brain works and why people like to hang out with me is because I think I'm always kind of going, okay, yeah, but what about over here? I'm that person that I believe can, will always say, well, yeah, but what about over here? Or what about this angle? Because I'm always thinking, like, strategically, what's the next thing that could happen from a certain thing? And when I hear what Jim said in referencing what the, um, uh, uh, the, the Russian not community, and I, got, I, I was appropriately corrected uh, the other day, um, not the Russian community of citizens necessarily, but the Russian um, message machine, the, the Russian technology machine, the, war, the Russian, frankly, war machine. Um, it's proven. I mean, I watched a number of the clips from the um, from the debates with uh, 2016 a few days ago, and um, 17 agencies said it, not Hillary Clinton, that that the Russians were interfering. And we're going to continue to interfere in that election and future elections. And so the, the irony of the conversation around the 2020 election being stolen from Donald Trump is that the members of that, the, the members of the security team in the U.S. government said, and they weren't 
they, uh, they weren't partisan. They were bipartisan. They said it was the most secure election in their lifetime. So that means that we probably did tighten some things up from 2016 to 2020 in the general election. And I find it ironic that when we talk about what if that election were stolen or not, the, the, this is this is where my brain goes. If the if the general election were stolen or tampered with, then how come the Senate elections and the House elections weren't stolen or tampered with? So in the midterms in 2022, I didn't see a bunch of Republicans. I mean, Democrats running around going, hey, they stole the, the you know, other than the gerrymandering. That's a different conversation. But. I didn't see Democrats going, hey, wait a minute. These seats that we lost in the House, the Republicans stole them because they were they were messing with the they were stuffing. But no. But go back to 2020. There were no complaints on the Senate side or from the Republicans in the Senate that those elections that they won were done. You know, they didn't say, well, um, we think that there was tampering in those elections. It was only in the general, the general or I'm sorry, the top of the ticket. So that to me is where is where, you know, that conversation kind of got lost very quickly, because when you vote and you look at the ballot, you see what's on the ballot. You put that whole thing in. So how do you get how do you tamper with just part of it without affecting the rest of the ballot sheet? So the number is seven, seven, three, seven, six, three, nine, two, seven, eight. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we are back with music and fun and all that cool stuff. Uh, catch us on Facebook Live, and um, you guys can send us communications and all that good stuff, and we will definitely um, answer them. I don't see them immediately. Um, whoever, is running, whoever is running the board... Uh, whether it be Devin, Alex, or, or Henry, will let me know something pops up. Uh, and you can also catch previous shows on the, um, the WCPT SoundCloud. Uh, but it looks like uh, we've got a couple good calls. Let's, uh, let's, let's chat with Karen this morning. Hey, hey, what's going on, KB? How are you? Hey, good morning, Richard. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, um, I saw you guys did a nice little spot yesterday um, with, uh, with True Boop. Ah, True Blue politics. You got to say that a little slowly because you can end up saying something you don't want to say. Blue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we were uh, lucky enough to be on the uh, uh, kitchen table progressives uh, with Paul, oh, Paul Richardson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was it. Was a lot of fun. It was uh, the hour went super fast. Um, we had a, a troll call, um, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was very lively. And of course we touched on, uh, project 2025, yeah. um, which is kind of our little, uh, I don't want to say it's our pet project, but it is, you know, something that we are very focused on, uh, at true blue politics podcast so much so that we are going to actually have two women that started a non-for-profit. They both, um, worked for the Southern poverty law center together, uh, for, 20 years apiece, and they have gone on to start this uh, global extremist watchdog uh, group, and so they they kind of have their um, eyes on uh, how it's going to um, impact us uh, in social media. Right. Um, and so, you know, when you bring up AI, um, I I think we had like a little taste of it with that robocall that went out. Um, 
in one of the prime. I can't remember if it was New Hampshire, the primary in New Hampshire, or um, but it was traced back to Dean Phillips' campaign, right? Um, with a bit with President I think, Biden. So I think it wasn't. It was New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it is a concern, a very real concern. And we already know that um, Russia and Iran and China are micro targeting um, U.S. voters and particularly those of us on the right to try and divide us with the free Palestine hashtag and um, what's going on there. Um, So it is it is uh, worrisome. I think it's something that we all need to really pay attention to. I because they're not going to stop at anything. No, yeah. and to your point about that, I I um, have been posting uh, every time I see it. Um, there are, and I don't have them off the top of my head, and I, I didn't know we were going to go go here, but we'll talk about it anyhow. Uh, whenever I see a, the, a handful of bots that are ones that are speaking about black men voting for Trump in this mm-hmm. election, there are, they're definitely, um, they're, they're not real folks. Um, and you go to their, right. when you dig deep enough, uh, and this is where we all can nerd out for a moment, but you can dig deep enough and you can figure it out. Uh, and the same thing is happening mm-hmm. with, with, um, with some of the, and again, this is not my statement about freeing Palestine or, or Palestinian liberation. Of course not. This is not my statement right. about that. So let me be clear to anybody that's listening. Uh, cease fire. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to stop killing each other. I can go down that road. We'll say that for another time. But my yeah. point is, um, you really have to be mindful of what you, re- what you click on and reply to or, or further quote, um, or on mm-hmm. anything on social media, because a lot, there's a lot more, um, AI impacting what's posted than you realize. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. And well, and it is it, it's interesting, you know, the Supreme Court um, case that they're going to be hearing. Um, and th- this is one of the things with global dot org that they do. They actually pinpoint the social media companies, these tech um, executives. And we know that, you know, X or, you know, Twix um, is. You know, that is a cesspool. It is just like a free-for-all over there. So it's like, I mean, people, you know, you know, I don't, I'm almost not even wanting to be on that site anymore. Um, but, you know, with Facebook, you know, where they at least say that they're doing, you know, their due diligence, um, you know, I think it's a little bit better. But they have to, we really do have to put the pressure on to do more, to regulate these companies and to hold the executives accountable when this stuff gets shared. I'm not sure how that, you know, how that happens. You know how it um, happens, Karen? You know, you, know, you know how it happens? It starts, it's, it's a grassroots starting by having folks not, okay, this is a little bit of a layered answer or reply. It starts by people voting mm-hmm. and putting in different folks in office because when we have the legislators yes. in place on a state level, on a regional mm-hmm you know, level on a national level that are favoring. Cause see, I look at this as a national security issue as well as, yes. a, as a human rights issue and as, as well as a human safety issue. And let me, let me string this all together. National sa- uh, security because of what foreign entities have already done and will continue to do. And I said to, uh, what day did our phones go out? Thursday? Was it? Uh, or that AT&T? Yes. Was it Thursday? Thursday. You yep. heard, y'all heard me say it on the air. Okay. We, did we, was there a, so, a soft cyber attack? 
you know, the, 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 uh-huh. the, they're not going to admit to it if it, I mean, one of the yeah. day, let me define the they, they being the phone companies aren't going to admit that right. they got breached, but how do we know that right. it wasn't a, a cyber attack? So let me come back right. to this and stay on point with you. If we don't get our hands around this and elect the right people who understand the national uh-huh. security issues that are there when it comes to technology and AI um, at large, um, and then break that down to how that impacts our grids, how it impacts our electric, electrical right. grids, how it impacts transportation, how it impacts mm-hmm. our uh, safety. I mean, damn, what happens if, right. if, if, uh, if uh, AI-driven um, groups out of anywhere outside of the country decided to attack mm-hmm. um, uh, hospital systems? Medical, you know, that, yeah. that, so how do we change that? We have to elect legislators that understand that it's a safety issue and it just needs to be determined if, if or labeled as is it a national safety issue uh, is it a um, is it a uh-huh. um, uh, 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 an energy safety issue as it relates to our grids and the list goes on it starts with who we elect Karen it just does yeah 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 no and I mean and it really was I don't know about you but like I was completely Completely flying blind on Thursday for like five hours, um, was, and even yeah. when I was at home trying to use my Wi-Fi, Comcast. Well, this company um, that <laughs> is in Chicago, <laughs> um, you know who I'm. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, they, they start with an X as well, um, but they, um, you know, I I had to go on with them. And they, yeah. You know, they were like, well, we can't explain why you can't use your Wi-Fi to, you know, call on your cell phone. And I'm like, well, this is a problem. Where's so the it backup? Was really, it, it, yeah, where's the backup? And it was a little, it de- definitely rattled me on Thursday. Um, but, you know, I have to say, it, just a little warning for every, anybody out there that was involved, you know, with it, that it had... Um, AT&T or any of the other companies that were um, affected at, at some level. Be careful because I received a text message and it said, um, you are um, you are eligible for a credit for mm-hmm. the outage yep. and they have a link. Don't click anything. Do not click any of those links. Yep. Okay? We, we, got, we, because, got, we got one too. Um, we got a, a, yeah. a text and an email that said, you know, uh-huh. you, so I'm, I'm really mindful and careful anytime, but particularly when something goes uh-huh. sideways like that, um, you ha- right. we, we have to be very, very protected and mindful of those when those occurrences take place, how they actually happened. And then anything that uh-huh. you get that says, hey, you know, uh, we need you to, to check on, to check this or click on this link or go to this site. The next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole and, and it, it's just yep. awful. So. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you so much for um, everything that you do before I get my coffee. Um, and uh, well, I got to ask, I I ask you a question, yes. and, a thank, and thank you for the thank you. But how do you take your coffee? Black, like my men. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you right. Be good and be safe today. All right. You too. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't get herself in trouble. All right, guys, it's a, it's a great Monday morning. I so appreciate all of you who listen and follow us. And uh, to the point that was made about technology, um, I find that um, when those things happen, it just points out that we have to have backup. 
and the backup that wasn't there was astonishing. I mean, we're we're at 2024, Devin, and we had, you know, like Karen said, we people were down for five, four or five hours trying to. I mean, I, I I couldn't access my cell phone, um, and it's not that it it, it changed my life, but. Uh, what what I did this is the, this is sort of the learning thing, and I may have mentioned this on Friday um, after Thursday's issue with with uh, phones. Um, it does make you realize you've got to if the if the companies are not going to create and provide backup when these things happen, we have to have the mindset that we we create our own. So you know, for me, it was like, all right, so this were to happen again, what is it that I learned that I need to have in place? So that if it, when it does happen, because it, it will happen again, then I'm prepared to navigate accordingly. Because that, um, th- I think that's where so many people struggled on Thursdays that, you know, they weren't, they weren't quite sure what to do next because they use their phone as their link to get onto their internet. And if that's down, then they're completely shut down. So, um, and I heard that, I saw that a, a lot, um, on social media, I saw, I heard a lot of people commenting about that in some of the newscasts that they just couldn't, that there was no next for them. So, uh, the backup plan that the companies have, I, I wonder how robust it actually is when these things happen. And I mean, you know, it's not like you can just throw a backup generator and go, go create service as you would if you lost power. But that is something that, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a, uh, maybe an obtuse way um, um, in the second hour. But um, in any event, the number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we will be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we're back. 773-763-9278. My headphones said, nope. We're not going to be on for a second. Uh, so listen, I uh, haven't leaned into this yet, but you guys could probably figure out that it was coming. Uh, Trump won South Carolina, um, and that was sort of a, a fait complete that he was going to win South Carolina and that uh, all the people that were out there saying, you know, Nikki Haley can't lose in her home state. Well, Trump won in South Carolina. But here's a real takeaway. By not as big of a margin that President Biden won South Carolina. Okay. Uh, so where's the media on that? That's my question. Where is the media on that? Once again, they need a horse race. The network executives have done the calculus, and they know that by leaning into the things that are the awful things of Donald Trump, and they are there. I don't care what anybody wants to run around and say, oh, it's a hoax. That's a bunch of BS. Okay? The media is not leaning into this. The media is not making the comparative analysis. They, they, they called this race so quickly they went on and droned on and on about, you know, what means that Biden hasn't President Biden won South Carolina by a bigger margin than Trump won South Carolina in the primary. It's a fact. So in terms of who the next opponent was, it doesn't matter who the opponent was. The fact is that President Biden did a better job. He outperformed or performed better in South Carolina than, than Trump did in the primary. Now, will, 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 will South Carolina go when we get to the general election? Are they going to probably support the Republican candidate, more than likely. Historically, that's what's happened. Uh, but what's important in the Biden win in South Carolina is the large amount of sustained black support. That was the stem, that, that was what that changed the direction of the 2020 election, is the South Carolina stepped up, the African-American community stepped up, and I'm having, I'm going to have some more 
data tomorrow and the next couple of days about black voting for real, what's really happening versus what the media is putting out there, trying to be part of this distraction and the lies. But that's important. And they're letting you guys down when it comes to reporting how well President Biden did in South Carolina. The galvanization of the black vote is still strong there. The data backs that up. That's not, that is not an anecdotal statement from me. I will bring more data, data to you this week. Now, speaking of South Carolina and speaking of 45, I'm, I'm, you guys could predict that I would lean into this. The question is when. Um, the comments that were live, not Memorex, from Trump on this weekend on the state of black folks and how they're easy to see in an audience versus other than was hilarious. And there were, there's been hundreds, if not thousands of posts and reposts of his comments that he made about, um, black people who were in the audience and how he could see them and how he's come a long way. So here's how I look at it. Um, if it's, if it's a question of coming a long way, where did he come from to now? I mean, do we, do people forget about, you know, the, um, the, the, the central park five, did people forget about where he was on race when it comes to his um, uh, real estate business with his father and the and the the um, the litigation that took place then back in the seventies and in, in into the mid eighties? Um, but at the end of the day, the comments that he made about black folks in the audience, and then further comments that he made about um, uh, black folks that were attending this rally are. It, it's it's almost not worth talking about it because if you have any any sense of of um, cultural humanity, what he said it should it should okay. I got to keep my language clean. Mm, man, man, oh man. Okay, this is how I how I really see it and, and, and observe it. First of all, the black folks that were there, you're you're you know I've been black all my life. You've heard me say that before, and I'll say it again. The black folks that were there, you're entitled to vote for whoever you want to vote for. And it's important to be there and be your so-called black Republicans or black Democrats. One thing, I, you know, black Republicans, why do you have to denote yourself as a black Republican? I don't see black Democrats running around saying I'm a black Democrat. And make, you know, someone wants to make the assumption that you're black or Democrat. You mean to separate from other blacks by saying I'm a black Republican, whatever. That's your that's your whole deal. I got issues with how you present it and what the people who you are trying to kiss up to think about you behind the door. We know what they're saying about you. There's an old phrase about what's the, what do you call a black doctor? I'm not going to repeat those words, but that being said, yes, I'm getting a little sarcastic this morning. The black folks that were there that were supporting this fool, that's your business. Okay. Be who you're going to be. Be you boo as the phrase is popularly used. However, I'm equally frustrated with, this is where this is it's going to pinch a few people. I'm equally frustrated with how the media played this as it really wasn't that offensive. To to who? The folks that were there. And so for the fools who were there that were laughing at the quote unquote attempt to make it a joke. Um, you should be embarrassed. I mean, seriously, white Americans sat and the, the white Americans who were there and I was I was sent uh, some inf- information over the weekend about there were a large number of white folks that were at that at that event. Um, that's make that makes it even more distasteful that he would say what he said and then, you know, follow that up with some other uh, racially tinged statements. Um, but if if you all want to vote for him, 
you know, knock yourself out. Um, I'm going to bring some specifics uh, the next couple of days about the actual percentage of black voters um, that are voting and th- that have said they're going to vote for Joe Biden in this election versus the potential bots that are out there um, and the misinformation and disinformation about um, this upcoming election. Because, again, it comes back to something that was clearly put out that was insane that the, the the media needs a horse race. They just do. If the media leaned into how they leaned into this election and more specifically away from President Biden and this craziness about the impeachment, if the media leaned into what it really means about Trump's um, criminality and and spent time on that rather than trying to cook up some stuff some stuff on Joe Biden and further the talking points of the knucklehead Republicans, then we'd see separation in the voting. We'd see separation. And what I mean by that is the percentages of people who are going to vote based on the the polls that we get presented with. So a couple other things that I want to lean into on this conversation. Um, Nikki Haley lost, significant loss. It's the third one. She's very, very, very competent at that. She's got a nice track record. So if Nikki Haley who wants to refer to herself as being, you know, the other Republican uh, and wants to refer to herself as being a patriot, truthfully, because this, ha- this is what's happening. The numbers are out there, and this will be part of, you know, I'm giving you the tease, but this will be part of some other, other information that I bring to you guys this week. Nikki Haley has lost three of the Republican primaries slash caucus events, the big ones, so to speak, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. But she's thrown a lot of mud at Donald Trump. Lots of it. And it hasn't, it hasn't gained her any traction at all. So here's what's happening. And this is what y'all need to pay attention to and what Nikki Haley needs to um, really do if she's going to call herself a, a patriot. She actually would do herself a lot of good and the country a lot of good and follow kind of what the money is saying when it comes to her donors who are not, who have, who come out, many of her big donors have come out and said they're not going to back Trump. Now, if we believe that that's true, let's say that it is, let's say it's 5149 in the percentile that they're not going to back Trump. Then she should follow the kind of lean into that with her, with her uh, supporters, financial supporters, specifically, and step out of the race now and and endorse Joe Biden. If she's got any hope politically for the future in 2028, she would be smart to rally with her donors and say, listen, we can't let him get in in office because if he gets in office, I'm not even going to get in office. So this is where this is where I think I'm somewhat politically savvy or at least strategically savvy. She should say, all right, you know what? I'm, well, I think she's 54. I apologize if I'm wrong on your age, Nikki, but Devin's about to look that up because he doesn't want me to be completely wrong. She should look at this and say, okay, I'm in my, I'm in, she's 52. Sorry about that, Nikki. She's 52. In four years, she'll be 56, fully capable of running for the White House. And right now say, okay, I'm going to step out of the race and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to endorse Joe Biden. And, 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 Come with it real strong and say, because Donald Trump can't get to the White House. Press pause and come back for the fight again in, in, in 2028. Better armed, maybe more skilled, 
and in the meantime, be the patriot that she says she is, endorse President Biden, get him reelected, and then she can come out in the next cycle and say, I did what was right for the country. I stepped out of the race and I did what I could do to help defeat this animal that wants to get back in the White House. That's what she should do. A lot of people may disagree with that, but strategically, she's not going to get the nomination. And going third party would be a waste of time and money when her donors have already said we aren't backing Trump. And if you mess around, we're going to walk away from you. She should gather them all together and say, look, guys, let's just reset the clock in four years. We aren't going to win it this year. Biden's leading. Trump is a disaster. We can't have him in the White House. I may not know a damn thing about enslavement. I may not know a damn thing about racism. I've I've shot my foot. Both of my feet on that subject, this gives me time to recalibrate and come back for another day. I just think that that would be not only a, it would not only be a smart move politically for her, it would it would it would definitely draw a huge line in the sand. And I and, you know, because Democrats aren't going to save her. Democrats are not going to, you know, give her votes if she suddenly became this never Trump, you know, person and made it made it public. She's not really leaned into that yet. So I'm just giving Nikki some political advice that I think could work. We're going to take a quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. News. I'm Rita Foley. She's defying calls to drop out of the Republican presidential race. Nikki Haley rallied supporters last night in Michigan. The AP's Jackie Quinn. Now that Donald Trump's made it four in a row with his win in South Carolina, the next contest comes Tuesday in Michigan. I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. But Nikki Haley isn't giving up, saying many voters want an alternative. In the next 10 days, another 21 states and territories will speak. They have the right to a real choice. I'm Jackie Quinn. The latest now in the fight in Alabama over frozen embryos. The AP's Julie Walker. Alabama lawmakers on both sides of the aisle scrambling for ways to protect in vitro fertilization services after multiple providers pause treatment in the wake of a state Supreme Court ruling that frozen embryos could be considered children, facing a wave of shock and anger from the decision, including people who were in the process of undergoing IVF and were forced to stop. Separate proposals were being prepared in the State House and Senate that would seek to prevent a fertilized egg from being recognized as a human life or an unborn child until it's implanted in a woman's uterus. And overseas... Palestinian Prime Minister Mohammed Shtayi has said his government is resigning. The move could lead the way to U.S.-backed reforms in the Palestinian Authority. The AP's Karen Shamas reporting. In Washington, a U.S. Air Force service member was hospitalized in critical condition after setting himself on fire yesterday outside the Israeli embassy, say police. He reportedly said he will no longer be complicit in genocide. Israel denies genocide allegations. This is AP News. The latest from the entertainment world. I'm Archie Zarletta with an entertainment update. Oppenheimer won the top award at the Screen Actors Guild Awards on Saturday. Elizabeth Debicki of The Crown forgot her shoes when she won because she figured she'd lose. I didn't do the kind of check that you should do if you think you have to get up. So, I did, you know, so my shoes weren't really on my feet. So then I 
kick them off. Seth Meyers has no idea if he'll ever wear a suit again while hosting Late Night. He says there was no point when there was no audience during the pandemic, and he likes being casual. Meyers will mark 10 years as host of Late Night with a celebration on Monday's episode. Every time it rains, it rains, and it's from heaven. Rod Stewart and Jules Holland collaborated on a new album called Swing Fever, a collection of big band tunes. Stewart says his only rule was no slow songs. Stewart says he's also got a country record in the works. I'm Archie Zaroleta. And I'm Rita Foley, AP News. This is 820 AM, WCPT Willow Springs, and streaming worldwide at WCPT820.com. We are Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Now, your WCPT 820 weather update. From the Weatherology Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki. We'll see sunny skies here for today with a high around 70 degrees. Winds turn southerly and increased around 15 to 20 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. Tonight, a slight chance for showers and thunderstorms, increasing clouds alone near 54. By Tuesday, chance for rain, showers, and storms late. Partial sunshine develops high of 74. Wednesday, slight chance for snow early, becoming sunny high of 31. That's your latest Chicago weather update. Currently, it's 45. How do you know if your sump pumps are working? More importantly, how do you know if they're not? At Permaseal, we know the only way to ensure your pumps are in working order is to test them every day. We all lead busy lives. Most people don't even think about their sump pumps until there's a big mess in the basement. Permaseal can now offer you exclusively the best solution to keeping your basement and crawl space dry all the time. Introducing the Basement Defender, the only device that will activate and test your primary and backup pumps every day and alert you to any problems. It will also test and alert you to changes in your basement temperature and humidity levels, which can help avoid frozen pipes and costly mold issues. Our Basement Defender customers have the ultimate peace of mind. They know that their pump equipment is working properly, allowing them to rest peacefully during storms. Call Permaseal and ask about the Basement Defender, 800-421-SEAL, or visit permaseal.net. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose View. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Hey guys, we are back. Thanks for tuning in. We're in the second hour, 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views. Uh, and as you've heard, all of us on CP2 who were in the studio live chat about the breaks are, are where a lot of the fun stuff and conversation happens. And Dev and I were, were chopping it up. Uh, so uh, let's see. I'm going to come back to Nikki Haley uh, for a bit and then uh, subtly move on. Um, I want to give a shout out to my, my team down in Florida who uh, sent me an interesting uh, observation about if Nikki Haley were to, um, uh, to go ahead and endorse uh, President Biden. Um, and, I, and I actually have to kind of build this into the conversation. I was, I was sent a, 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 some commentary and thoughts from um, my cub reporters down in, in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale that said Nikki endorsing Biden is a cool idea. 
um, but she would probably be kissing her career goodbye because the GOP will Dixie Chicks her. And I, I forgot about that. Um, and you guys remember when the Dixie Chicks said that they could not respect uh, President um, uh, 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 Bush. They were never the same again. And, you know, that's that was an economic that, that impacted them economically. They're great musicians. That's the ironic thing. You know what? The, what I feel like happened there is that a lot of people didn't understand that, they, that their music was kind of universal. So that that being said, that's actually that's, that's a good perspective. The GOP very probably would um, to take her in that direction. So thanks to the Cub reporters in Fort Lauderdale for that bit of thought process. Um, but I, I, I do, I mean, and, and I don't need to be right about this. I'm just putting it out as perspective. Um, I do think it's the right thing to do for her. I mean, I think it's, for, it's the right thing for her to do. Will it be the right thing for her politically? One would only know, but she's not going to become the president and she's not going to become the nominee. She's her opportunity to become president is in 2028. A real opportunity because Trump won't be a factor. He'll be a factor, but he won't be a candidate. Then he'll be a third party candidate. The GOP will be tired of him because of and that four year period of time, all the other things that will come out, what will happen with some of this litigation on and on. She, it, that's how I think the calculus should be. If she stepped out of the race and didn't endorse Biden, maybe that's a way for her to, to do the right thing and not cut off her political future. So kind of a, you know, a, a little bit of a balance there. But that being said, um, I'm going to hit this real quick before we take uh, calls, because someone asked me a question on social media. Richard, what are your thoughts about this whole conversation that some Republicans um, that are, well, some maggots are saying um, in the media that what happened in New York with Trump and in his fraud is a victimless crime. So I'm going to I'm going to read something that I put together as it relates to a victimless crime because of the fact that um, people were saying that Trump didn't hurt anybody with this. Well, let's try this on. Here's how it's not a victimless crime. The price of goods and services, renting a Trump apartment, bankruptcy, tax evasion, depositors with banks where he got the loans from, larger fees that those banks have to then uh, put into play, less liquidity because they've tied up funds giving it to this fraud, higher insurance rates on deposit guarantees, and if a bank is underperforming because of the, the, the fact that they have fraudulent loans granted to this fraud, that's been fined. That's now up to $455 million, and um, uh, AG Letitia James is coming for his stuff. But if those banks are underperforming, the employees don't get raises, potentially. Communities where they live that have small businesses don't have access to the funds that this fraud got fraudulently. So it's not a victimless crime just because the banks loaned him money and, you know, no one got got, you know, uh, mugged on the street, so to speak. But it's more it is definitely a, a victim filled crime. And the victims are people who have. We're, we're not able to access monies for their personal use, maybe to get a mortgage, maybe because fees were too high, maybe because a small business would have been looking for a $50,000 business grant, a, a business loan to help grow their business. So, no, sorry, but it, it is a victim-filled crime. Some other Something else that happened this weekend, this is all in the space of, of, um, of Trump, and you guys know I've been really... I've really been giving a hard time to some, to some people. 
There was a segment on MSNBC, and we may play the t- uh, we may play the audio tomorrow. But many of you may have seen it. Stephanie Rule uh, got called out on MSNBC because of the way in which she glorified Killer Mike and Charlemagne um, uh, the God. And tomorrow, I think I'll have that clip uh, appropriately so because she referenced them as uh, basically you know black vo- uh, voices representing Black America. And um, the the professor that was on with her very quickly called her on that and said, no, they're not. I'll have the clip tomorrow and um, be able to get that. I didn't get that in time to Devin this morning. Uh, so you guys can hear it and we'll talk about it. So I won't lean in too far right now. Um, and, you know, I just think that more people have got to understand that. And I, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it a lot. These guys do not represent. Uh, the African-American community. They don't. They represent a segment that follows their shows or follows the work that they do to promote their business and their brand. But that's not representing um, the community that I'm a part of, the greater, the, the, the smaller community and the greater community. So, um, Devin, let's grab a few calls um, before we get too deep into this segment. Let's talk to um, Phil from the north side. I would say north side of Chicago or north side of where? North side of Chicago all day long, brother. <laughs> I'm just playing with you, man. Good morning. How are you this Monday morning? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? You sound you sound good. Thank you. you okay. Are, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling my allergies are in check. I'm all good there. How was your weekend? Right. Uh, interesting. We live in interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. What's, yeah. what's going on? Um, actually, it was, it was good. Uh, I was going to weigh in on the... Uh, First off, I'll try and get this out here as quick as I can. Uh, the blacks, uh, blacks, uh, black Republicans, like uh, you said, uh, the, the rally Trump ha- held. I, I think their their uh, an- a- a- acronym is DFC. I can't remember what it stood for. <laughs> uh, it should be it should be blacks for the Confederacy. If you if you ask me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. I, I, listen, yeah. like like I said, Phil, they're in, like anybody. We're all entitled to vote and support who we want to. Um, and I, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, anyways, Midas Touch Network is does some really fantastic work. They got a hold of a clip, someone who was there, and they pan the audience with their camera. It turns out there weren't a whole lot of African Americans in attendance in that off audience. There were some. There was a smattering, but it was mostly old white people. Believe it or not, yeah. uh, I heard. So, I yeah, heard that uh, Karen, Karen, uh, Karen from Chicago actually uh, had posted that as well, or reposted what she had found. So yeah, Phil, isn't that yeah, kind of interesting? It, it, very much like his visit to a union plant. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, very similar. Um, so it, my point is, I and I tr- I try to do this delicately with um, uh, saying this, but I I've lived. I, I was a tradesman again. I worked on a lot of construction sites, um, predominantly white guys, mostly from the suburbs. But I also live on the north side, and you see these inter- interviews uh, that that people do. Um, uh, yeah, with uh, Trump supporters at the rallies, and they're very goofy, and, and they're kind of frightening. But if you could hit some of these Trump supporters are just smart enough not to go on camera and say, you know, exactly what they want to say. <laughs> and if, if, well, you're laughing now, but honestly, these these people, 
these white people, what they want to do if they get Trump in office, again, will raise the hairs on the back of your neck. They they are, you know, they, and the white people, white people will pretend to not be racist when they don't have to be. But again, I pass for one of them and they'll tell me things that are, are just chilling, dude. I mean. Oh, I know. I've had I've had I've had a number of people that uh, are in in my Caucasian family, friends, business associates. and The list goes on, Phil, that have said to me, Richard, oh, my God, I was hanging out with X, Y, Z people, I, you know, wherever it may have been. And this this is not to land based anybody. It's just to speak the truth that's, that, that other folks have shared with me like you just did, where they've been in, they've been in a, in a you know, they, they've been sitting around the corner. And, you know, so to speak, and some, you you know what I'm saying? And they heard the most vile, disgusting things come out of people's mouths. And they're like, I cannot believe. And then they'll tell me, hey, Chu, I can't believe I was, I heard these guys. I'm like, yeah. So I don't want to go into all the details. But if, if, if certain African Americans could hear what I hear, what they'll tell me as a white man. They, not only would they never vote Republican ever, <laughs> they would they would organize to get them out. <laughs> now, I, I, I mean, it, they, it, and, and my point too is that if Trump gets in a second term, or you know, yeah, he gets another second term. Gets another term. Uh, it's a little early. I haven't had enough caps. That's yet. okay. We got you. We got if you. If he gets, if he gets another uh, term. He owes these people just like he owed the event that tale evangelicals and all with the above. He's going to give them what they want. Yep, he's their believe puppet. me. And it, and it, it, he's again, their puppet. It, it ain't, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it's uh, it, the only thing I could say is uh, on the Democrats' part, they have had such a long history of taking the African American vote for granted. Yeah. Um, I really do think even though Biden's got a million things on his plate, he should get on this or he should get some people on this and really reach out and start making some plans to invest money in these downtrodden communities. I've worked in a lot of these places like Markham, um, Eaglewood, and um, I, I've come to, to learn that people are people you have about the same amount of bad people. Uh, you know, per capita, as, okay. as, you yeah, know, race a- by race, that you have like ten percent of people are, are very bad, and then you know the other ninety are just trying to get by in life. You know. Yeah. No, Phil, and I appreciate you saying that. Listen, go get yourself some coffee, man, and 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 pull your shoulders back and get some fresh air in your lungs. Uh, make it a great Monday, and as always, we love having you call in to choose views. We appreciate it, man. Be well. Thank you. Be safe today. You too. <clears throat> so. What, what Phil said toward the end, I want to kind of circle back to it. Well, no, we got to go to break. Sorry, Devin. 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we are back. Uh, beautiful. I uh, just got some pictures from um, our uh, beautiful skyline this morning, and uh, it's, uh, it's going to be one of those days here in Chicago. Uh, so as we keep our train moving on down the road and talking about the unfit 45 uh, 
can't let him near the White House. We already know that. But I'm going to keep on point with something I said to you guys last week about some quotes, great, great quotes from um, Hillary Clinton about Donald Trump. And just to give you guys a few more that she said uh, over the last couple of years, uh, quote, he said that he would order our military to carry out torture and murder of civilians that were suspected of being terrorists. Check that out. How about that? If you don't believe that he's going to do the things that he says he's going to do, just just play just play some of the tapes back. He doesn't have to listen to our generals or ambassadors uh, because, as he put it in quotes, I have a very good brain. <laughs> so that's obviously uh, uh, to, to be tested. He also said, "I know more about ISIS than the generals do." Believe me. You know what? Uh, like most of us, I, I don't really believe that. Um, but anyhow, uh, not having to listen to the generals, really not a safe thing to do. He says, climate change is a hoax invented by the Chinese. Okay. And then one last one. He praises dictators like uh, Putin and then picks fights with our friends, including, you know, our, our some of the prime ministers and leaders of other countries that um, are there to help with some of the issues that we're all dealing with, which is why it's important that we continue to be a player when it comes to um, our involvement with NATO. So anyhow, I just wanted to read you guys some quotes that um, that were that came from uh, Hillary Clinton so that you guys could just keep it top of mind that um, this dude is not he's the threat to our country. He's he's the, he's the national threat. OK, Donald Trump is the national threat. There's no question about that. Look at the evidence. So Devin um, was helping me understand a little bit about our technology here. And uh, to further the conversation about Democratic support and where we should be, I want you guys to hear this clip that um, that was uh, out this weekend. About you, Governor, days after that special counsel report came out questioning the president's age and his memory, the Washington Post reported that anxious Democrats reached out to top Biden donors to ask, quote, when is Gavin getting in or how about Whitmer or Shapiro? The buzz has not stopped. I know you've been asked this before, but do you still rule out a run in 2024? Are you going to be I am here celebrating the extraordinary accomplishments of the Biden-Harris administration, making the case that we need to make to lift up the issues, lift up the record, drive contrast with the Republican nominee to be Donald Trump Have you so that we calls? can win for four more years. Have you gotten any calls, Governor, well, every, you to run? It's all idle chatter. It's all it's, you know what? That's a sideshow. I think what Democrats need to do is worry less, do more, continue to overperform as we have, continue to win, make the case. Don't be ashamed of 4.1% GDP over the last two quarters. Don't be ashamed about the alliance management of the Biden-Harris administration. Don't be timid about making the case for the record of this administration. So you're ruling it out 100%. It's not even an interesting conversation. And by the way, I think it's a damning conversation. Frankly, the other side wants us to have. And trust me, I know the mishigash coming from the other side. I'm deeply mindful of the anger machine and all the entertainment industry out there on Fox and elsewhere. They love ginning this stuff up. At the end of the day, not only is this train left the station, but we are we get to enjoy a record of accomplishments as we make the case in a re-election, the likes of which we couldn't have been dreamt of, uh, even as a Democrat, last century. Trump says he's ready to... Okay, so there's so many things to peel apart from that, and I hope you guys that are progressive, liberal Democrats hear and heed the words that 
Governor Newsom as a surrogate for President uh, Biden and, and Vice President Harris just laid down. Okay. Um, and I don't even know where to start because, first of all, I will be one of the folks to admit Gavin Newsom is a baller. He takes on folks quickly. He doesn't let folks. He's that. He's the kind of guy that, you know, somebody says something that's stupid. And the reason I can appreciate that is because this is a big part of my personality. He's, he's someone says something that's stupid or inappropriate or, or not um, relevant. He gets after it right away. He doesn't wait and let it fester. And and candidly, that's the appeal of uh, Gavin Newsom. That's the appeal frankly, of Vice President Harris. That's the appeal of Gretchen Whitmer. And some of that is chronological driven in terms of their age, but it's also their personality. And I think that Democrats, he said it himself, want to see us lean into stuff more rather than kind of be caught be caught off guard and on our heels, um, be on the attack mode a little bit more. What you guys got to realize is he realizes better than most that now is not his time. So Democratic, uh, the Democratic machine right now, and I'm going to say machine because I'm talking about who we have in the, in, the, in the batter circle and who we have in the dugout, is pretty strong. We've got a lot of voices, and I've, I heard the phrase alpha liberal used by many of us in the progressive conversation. But at the end of the day, we just got some smart people on our side, smarter than those on the other side. There's no question about that. But what Gavin, what Governor Newsom did there is he pushed back with what I would call a, a, that's become a very um, sort of milquetoast, uh, not good re- reporter anymore. Kristen Welker used to be good. She isn't anymore. She, she took over this uh, meet the press position. She's shown, you know, whether she changed or this is who she was and she was head faking all this time. She is very, very bad at this, at this role. And I love what he said about, you know, Fox and other media. He was not just talking about social media. He was talking about the folks at MSNBC. He didn't say it. I think out of respect, he was sitting there. He didn't want to completely throw her under the table. Um, but the fact that we need to talk more as, as, as progressives about the successes of President Biden-Harris ticket, that's what we need to lean into, the success of the Senate and the success, believe it or not, of the House, the, the, the Democrats in the House and what they've gotten done with these crazy chaos uh, fools on the, on the right. We have to continue to do that. That's part of why I take the sh- our show, Choose Views, my show, with the passion that I do. Because we have the op- all the information is right out there. We don't have to like go, wow, where, what do we talk about? What have we done really well? Hmm. We don't have to do that. Guys, it's out there in front of us. So we've got to pull that information and, and, and use that information more readily every day. And it's not, uh, it's not uh, Gavin's turn yet. I don't want to say turn, but he recognizes that right now, um, first of all, you got to, I guess, also to look at from a fundraising standpoint, he's not there. You know, the, the money is going toward the, the, the incumbent president because that's how it should be played out. That's what the fundraising mechanism has been all about. So to see, you know, this conversation and I know, listen, guys, I know there's a lot of people that want to say, but listen, when you say President Biden's too old um, and he's this and he's that, I get where people are coming from. I'm not blind to what I see and what to what I hear, but I don't wish for a younger candidate just by virtue of them being younger. I would want 
I want to work, I want to work with what we have because it's a winning ticket. And the numbers back that up. The problem is too many people are listening to the wrong damn information. And that's what he was trying to articulate. And it's coming from mainstream media across the board, not just Fox, which he alluded to, like I said, without throwing her under the table. So I wanted to play that clip because I know that there's going to be some people that are going to have some commentary about it. And they're going to be inspired and say that, you know, that, that Gavin should be our guy, blah, blah, blah. I, I get all that. But, you know, I'm, I want to I want to be certain and clear in this. Um, you mess around and ask for that and you're going to put, get Trump in office. Because there's a lot of people that, it, that if, if barring medical reasons or health reasons that President Biden couldn't run or shouldn't run because that's not presented itself yet, uh, you're going to mess around and get Trump. So when I hear people say that on the left or calling, them on the, calling themselves being on the left, that we should replace Biden with, with um, some other candidate, and many times they skip over Vice President uh, Harris, it's, which is kind of funny. I hear I hear liberals, progressives saying we should put somebody else in place for Biden and they skip right over the vice president like they failed civics. If 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 President Biden were incapable of running, became sick and ill, couldn't run, it ain't another person. It's not Gretchen. It's not uh, Gavin. It's it's not uh, um, uh, Klobuchar. And, and the list, you know, they're stuck in my brain right now. That's not how it works, y'all. It's Vice President Harris. If you voted for the Biden ticket Harris in 2020 and President Biden were not capable of running in finishing out this election cycle, the conversation is not, ooh, let's put somebody else in place. The conversation is the order that we, we've all agreed to as U.S. citizens. Okay? So I want y'all to stop doing that because it's a waste of time. I know you're thinking, oh, but he's too... Understand civics. We're going to grab this quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. We'll be right back. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, welcome back. This is Choose Views. The number is 773-763-9278. Devin, let's get these calls. Let's go to Diane in Arlington Heights. Hey, good morning, Diane. Happy Monday. Yeah, but I'm dreading Wednesday or Thursday because we're going to get really hit with some kind of weather. I know, I saw that. It's still still February, so yeah, you're right. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah, and my flower. Okay. Um, I think in pictures, and I think you do too, and I see something, and I see the picture and what it's saying. Okay, political cartoons. You asked me what I learned from The Guardian. I learned from The Guardian this this week there's a whole new set of words because they're bringing in Australia. Okay. You know, it's the. Okay. On that, um, there's a political cartoon in there, and I can't tell you how to find it because I don't understand their browser search engine. That's okay. No problem. Keep going. Okay, um, and so I have to digress because whatever. I would suggest that you, do you know who Stan Freeberg is? I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar. But go ahead. I'm, go ahead. Okay, he, um, when there was only radio, okay, television wasn't on all the time like radio is on all the time now, he could use words to paint pictures and 
get his point across. There's a, he has an album called Pilgrim's Progress, and I don't know if I'm being politically correct, but the song that I remember from that is Take an Indian to Lunch. Okay. Okay? Okay, so I'm thinking in pictures. Um, in the Guardian, and I can't, I don't understand their search engine, but um, let me try and be Stan Freeberg. There's a picture, the, I'll say the words first because I can't, whatever. Um, political, it's a political cartoon. I liked it better when there were only four of them. And she's got the four horsemen of apocalypse mm-hmm. drawn. Um, raggedly, characters, whatever, skeletons on horses. Okay, there was death, war, famine, conquest. And she has added plague, I see COVID, climate change. Mother Nature right now is erasing the earth. And then the new, they're being, and this is from last June, okay? And the new, the new horseman is AI. Got it. So, you know, okay. one of the things, wait, wait, one, of the thing, one, of, one of the things that I um, found interesting about, uh, I'll say the guardian uh, is that they have, I guess that this, the, the angle that they take on a lot of their, their reporting and a lot of their stories uh, does kind of make you think a little bit out of the box. And, you know, in terms of how we want to talk to Republicans right now, I think that what we, in terms of talking in pictures, to kind of take a little bit of from what you're saying, Diane, um, they, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be ones that are going to uh, glean to, uh, you know, talking uh, to black Republicans in, in, in pictures or talking to any Republican in general in pictures. I think that we just have to let, we have to go after the Democrats rather that, that are sitting on the sidelines or maybe have chosen not to vote. That's where we win these upcoming elections. I'm not trying to change Republicans' minds about anything at this point. If there's some middle of the, middle of the road or center-ish uh, uh, Republicans, okay. But the real win is by us spending our energy getting more Democrats out to vote. The massive number of, of folks that are sitting on the sidelines, that's who we go after. I could give a darn about changing their minds of Republicans necessarily because I think it's a waste of effort. But, Diane, thanks for calling in today. We're going to grab a few other quick calls before we wrap up this morning. Uh, Devin, let's go to Ted in Bensonville. Good morning, Richard. Hey, good morning. What's going on? All right, Richard. First of all, let me tell you how wrong you were in the last segment before the news. Hillary Clinton took Joe Biden's turn and caused this whole problem. Okay, he was vice president under Barack. He did a great job. It was his turn. Somehow Hillary showed up there. Can I ask you a question? Uh, Can I I ask you a question? Let me finish. Trump beats Hillary. Okay, and it causes all these problems. So apparently turn doesn't matter. And also, uh, forget about Kamala. Michelle over Kamala. Let's be honest. That Michelle would garner way more votes as a black woman than Kamala Harris would. All right. Now you can go. Okay. Thank you for letting me go on my show. Uh, but that, yeah, sure. But that, well, if you're going to lie, I got to do something. Like you said, you got to jump on it right away okay, when so you're wrong. You all, know right, I mean? all right. Fair enough. So first of all, right. President Biden chose, uh, Vice President Biden chose not to run. Okay. He didn't. Ridiculous. 
but yeah. but but hold on a second. You said you said so, Phil. Bite your tongue for a second, so that I can answer your uh, response. Yeah, no, Phil, okay. Phil, 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 is, Phil is this guy, the union guy from the city. That's not me. Okay, Ted, Ted, I apologize. Bite your tongue for a second so I can finish. By the way, hey, Richard, you, one no, last no, thing. No, I, no, 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 I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I agree with you that turn, and I said turn sometimes is not taken the right way. It shouldn't be necessarily used. But President, Vice President Biden chose not to run. He, that was his decision. He didn't lose his turn as it relates to the ascendancy of vice president. And I didn't say that as it relates to next in line. I said it as it relates to if someone, if a current president, a sitting president were not able to run, that's what I said about civics. So you can call me wrong and that's okay. You know, but I, I wasn't wrong about that. That's what actually happened. Now, if you didn't, if one didn't like that Hillary ran, that's another story. There were lots of people that didn't like that. She ran. I wouldn't disagree with their reasoning, but at the end of the day, she still won the popular vote. And I know how our system works. I passed civics on every, all four years in high school. But at the end of the day, uh, Ted, uh, Vice President uh, Harris is the next in line as it relates to something happening to the president. I didn't say who people preferred. People may prefer Michelle Obama, but the lady says she's not running or interested. So... If you want to tell me how black women or black folks think about Vice President Harris or Michelle Obama, you might be right in that space, but she's not running. So I'm not talking about wish list. I'm talking about reality because I stay on the side of that so I can be accurate so that someone can't say that I lied. Okay. now preference, Ted, I'm with you. There's a lot of people that prefer that it be someone else. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But what I want you to do is to prove to me that I said that the people who are running are wrong. And I didn't say that. So uh, I'm, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but you, those words didn't come out of my mouth. What I said is that I think that President Biden is the best choice based on how we look at the numbers right now, where the money is. And unless he can't run because of a medical reason, you don't skip over what is next based on how our system works. She steps into that role. That's just how it works. You don't have to like it, but that's how it works. I mean, hello, am I still on? Yeah, you're still here. Oh, well, I, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, hey, I appreciate that, Richard, but I'm telling you just the way it is, right? We know that. No, you're telling and, us, and you're so telling us your opinion, Ted. You're telling us your opinion. No, You're telling you us your opinion. what happened? It's your opinion. Well, you know. I, tell me, tell me, tell me how. Tell, tell us how. Tell us how President Biden uh, leap. Uh, I'm sorry, how Hillary Clinton leapfrogged President or Vice President Biden when he said he wasn't interested in running after the the eight years that they were in office. He stepped away. Well, I, guess, I mean, he made that decision. Are you, are you saying, are you saying you know more about what's going on in Joe Biden's head? But, but let, let, let's press pause for a second. This is where I want to go with this. Cause I'm not going to debate you on it. This is what I'm going to say. All I want to know is if you're not voting for president Biden in this upcoming election, you, you, are you, are you, are you not? I absolutely okay, am, of so, course. So that's all I'm asking. Don't respond to anything else. If you're voting for President Biden in this upcoming election, 
And whether you're doing it with your, you know, pinching your nose and whatever, or you're doing it wholeheartedly, at the end of the day, that's going to be our winning formula. Biden-Harris is our winning formula. Other people may disagree. You may be one of them. But right now, that's what needs to happen. So all the other is just a, a a bunch of gum bumping about what should happen what should happen is these are the folks that we got to get behind because anything other than that right now, Ted, means Donald Trump is in the White House again. And I know doggone well you can't accept that. Am I right or wrong? That, that's true. But hey, gum bumping is all you guys do. You know what I mean? All day long. So that's what I'm doing with you. Fair enough. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to challenge you on that. And you, you can have that win. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I love you, man. Thanks for us take, keeping me on all this time listening to it. But yeah, that I mean, I know it's in the past. It, it burns me, man, and it burns me to hear that he passed. He almost he deserves his own problem now because he should have been man enough just to step up as vice president, not listen to the inverse pressures saying it's uh, get Hillary, shove Hillary in there, Dad, even though he was. You seem, you you seem to have forgotten. You seem to have forgotten that he had some other things that were going on with his family. Okay, and there were some yeah, things that things are always going on. You got to serve, man, when it's your time, you know. His son just died, Ted, 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 listen, man. Rich, this is like Ginsburg, who stayed on too long trying to look noble. But we're not talking about about her. That's another time, another show. You want to talk about people staying on too long, we can have that conversation, but not today. What I'm trying to tell you is President Biden now, then former Vice President Biden, made a decision to take care of his family because his son had just died. You don't get to respond with, you know, a vim and vigor behind that. The man's son had just died, dude. So have a little bit of sensitivity and humanity. And with that, Ted, I'm going to let you go because I got to grab another call. You know about Andy Reid, same thing? He kept going? Listen, I, I, I will embrace listening to anybody and everybody. But at some point, you guys probably know if you listen to me and Eric on the family meeting, I will cut you off because at some point, the conversation has to stay on on in alignment with the thing that we're talking about. We're not going to have a conversation about politicians that should have left when they, or didn't leave when they should have. We, we all can accept that that's a reality. There's a number of them. Okay. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with Ted on that, that point. And they're on the left, right in the middle. They're local, they're national. They're all over the place. We got that. Um, just like there's some business executives that should lead the companies that they work for. People always put that in the lap of the politicians. There's some business own business executives that work for public companies. They should be gone. Okay. But that's another day, another conversation. I hear what Ted is saying. Preference right now for a lot of people could be someone other than president Biden, but we're not having that conversation. We're having the conversation about how we go forward right now. And the best ticket is the ticket we have. And it's a strong ass ticket. I'm sick and tired of people saying that Biden's too old and he should step aside. And all these sort of just opinions rather than numbers. And I got numbers, Ted, and anybody else who wants to challenge me, I got the numbers to back up the reasons why. So if you come at me with that, you know, as a representative of WCPT, I got to keep it clean. But I'm going to bring the data to show this is kind of what what we are faced with. And we need to lean into that. So we're going to take a quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. We'll be right back. It's Chew's View with Richard Chew on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey, guys, we're back. At the end of the day, all I really care about is you can say what you want to about the current ticket 
and and all that. All I care about really ultimately is are you going to vote for Biden Harris? The rest is all just, you know, someone throwing out their opinion. And that's fine. I have my opinion about a ton of things, but I'd back up it with the data that I've uh, been able to find and that that is as neutral and accurate as possible. But truly guys, all I care about, you can say all you want is if you're if you call yourself a progressive liberal democrat, we have one assignment and that's to make sure that Joe Biden and Vice President Harris are reelected and that Donald Trump is not back in the White House. It's that simple. Anything other than that, anything short of that is a waste of time. It just is. So, um, Devin, let's grab another quick call. We've got uh, Randy calling from Portland. Hey, Randy, what's going on? Hey, um, I want to congratulate you and say I'm really glad you're in the uh, in my area code. It's the four to six slot. <laughs> you're fantastic on Family Matters with um, Eric Grant on the family meeting. Yep, I, I just loved your content. Thank you. Thank you. What's going on? this morning um my main point here is that i don't think so donald trump will win the republican primary nikki haley seems to be staying in it just so that in the on case that donald trump for some reason at the end of the day like i don't know a couple months august uh suddenly isn't on the ticket for again whatever reason then nikki haley all of a sudden is on the ticket yeah. So let's assume that Nikki Haley is. I don't think that she'll win because I, it doesn't seem like conservatives have the votes to elect a woman or, for that matter, a woman of ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Democrats had a hard enough time trying to get Hillary elected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we did, but, you know. Uh, elected in terms of the, the uh, selected as the nominee for the Democratic uh, ticket. But I hear what right. you're saying, Randy. We won the popular vote. But yeah, that's a whole nother conversation about our electoral system on a federal level. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the point you made. And, and I, I had to listen to what um, uh, was sent to me by some folks about what um, the downside of Nikki Haley endorsing President Biden would be to her career. That may be, oh, right. you know, that may be true. And I, and I was listening to what was sent to me. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what you said. If Trump were not, I mean, because everybody's asking like, well, who's going to replace Biden? Who's going to, re-? not everybody. Too much conversation is being wasted on replacing Biden with somebody else. But on, right. the, on this other side now, of the conversation, Biden is a completely competent human being. He's ready to go. And, and in terms of age, like I would honestly prefer somebody with actual experience and knowledge. Yeah. Which Biden is showing examples of left and right. Without a doubt. And by comparison, this is where the media, the mainstream media keeps failing. And that is what's happening with Donald Trump that makes him in um, incapable of running from a medical standpoint, but to, to coming back to what you said, I want, I, I don't, I don't want to lose the sight of what you were talking about with, um, uh, Nikki Haley. So yeah, that I hadn't thought about it that way. Maybe that is part of the reason that she's staying in the race is the potential that Trump is not, um, capable of running maybe from a medical reason, but frankly, from all the litigation that's going on and the indictments, finally catching up to him. Right. That could be um, well, and the he calculus. He does look like he's on a very hard fade. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with you 
about that, Randy, for sure. It does. It, yeah, and maybe that's her count. Like, I, I don't. I don't wish him harm. No. Well, that's not medical. Not, 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 not medical yeah, harm. I, yeah, <laughs> not, no, right. I wish everybody the best, but this man has done so much harm to our nation. Yeah, it the, would be nice if he was not a part of this conversation. Well, I believe that that's going to happen. Now, the we, the work that it takes for that to happen means we have to elect, we have to reelect Biden Harris, and that's a big yes. start in this process because then. All the other things that are going on surrounding, uh, surrounding uh, Donald Trump will heighten because that's what the legal system will then do to him. I think that the legal system has its foot a little bit on the brake and a little bit on the accelerator right now. They're not really fully locked in. I mean, Letitia, uh, A.G. Letitia James has been, and I think Alvin Bragg is going come, gonna to come with it as well. Um, right. But, no. Donald Trump is probably going to go to prison on scene good. Well, he's going to he, this this whole thing with the, uh, the 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 fine is that's a serious issue. And I think that what what may happen is he's going to cross the line and do something else stupid. But I'm just basing that on his on his history. Not that I have any crystal ball in that space. But Randy, man, I appreciate you calling in early morning. You couldn't sleep. Can last I night. say one last thing? Go for it. Um, I think the trick for us on the 2024 ballot isn't per se president. The trick for us in terms of general progression is down ticket. Yep. Uh, because that's historically where Republicans have leaned and gained successes. And if we can start gaining that, we might be able to actually create progress. One of the things that I've said, Randy, and I agree with you on that point, is it's, yes, we have to win the White House. And we have to win. We have to hold the Senate, if not grow it. We have to take back the House of Representatives. We've got to win some yes. state legislatures. And state and local stuff. And local local stuff. That, is that's far where, more important than we realized. It's the springboard and foundation for where we are. And yeah. I think that that's, you're right. I, I've been saying that for, for months now. Randy, call us back, man. I appreciate right. you reaching you out. Much. And have a great day today. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Bye now. Yeah, Randy calling from Portland, guys. You know, two-hour time difference. How about that? So, wow. There it is. Monday morning, and we're off to the races. So when it comes to this conversation, I I have to lean lean into this a little bit more. Um, And I, I I didn't anticipate fully that this was where we'd be today. But when you... When you layer together what Randy just said about our progressive movement and having a progressive movement in 2024, I see upside and opportunity because and, I, and I've got this this information coming and we'll talk about this through the course of the week. I want to talk a little bit about in the conversation of the purple plan that you've heard me talk about. Also, the number of gettable Republican House seats. That's really where we have to, we, we also have to keep our eye on the ball. And all of us are talking about the same thing from different perspectives um, to, as it relates to the White House. And we, we just can't sleep on the Senate. We can't sleep on the House of Representatives. And when I say we, I mean those of us who are voters. And that's why the Purple Plan and getting involved in these other state, other states' elections um, is so critically important. It would be just it'll it'll just be more ca- uh, havoc 
and chaos if President Biden and Vice President Harris get reelected and then we lose the Senate and don't flip the House because it'll be in, it'll be constant turmoil. You'll have these yahoos in the House wanting to impeach the president and you'll have a Republican led Senate that will be tempted. They'll, they'll, they'll take a sip of the idea of of actually going forward with the, you know, with the, the, the conviction and the, and the removal. So that to to Randy's point and to many others who um, who agree on this, we have to maintain the the Senate and it can't be said too many times. And we have we you know, if we were and I don't like to look at in terms of, you know, worst case scenario, worst case scenario is Trump and the House and Senate be Republican. That's worst case scenario. Um, because then there's all the guardrails are off. But the other worst case scenario is Biden wins the White House and we lose the House again and we lose the Senate. That's um, that would be a tectonic shift because they'd spend the majority of their time in, in litigation and not getting bills passed. So um, as much as I talk about Biden Harris and all the craziness that's going on with this conversation around somebody else should be you know the head of the ticket, which is nonsense. We have to maintain um, the house. Uh, sorry, we have to maintain the Senate and flip the house. So um, we we know that. And when I hear things come out of people's mouths like Beto O'Rourke saying that he understands that there's a there's some new, you know he understands how people would want to in Michigan, you know, um, play around with their vote. And I'm I'm not I'm paraphrasing what he said, but the intent that he that the the part of what he stated and he said a lot. But the part that was left to interpretation, which he shouldn't have done, in my observation, is to make it sound like he's endorsing people in Michigan, kind of throwing their vote up in the air to determine and let the wind determine which direction it's going to go based on the conversation around what's happening in the Middle East and Palestine. We, we can't afford to do that, progressives. We just don't have the luxury to do that. And, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not too proud to say that over and over and over again, um, even to those that may not agree with what I'm saying about who should be at the top of the ticket. It's a done deal. Let's just get President Biden and Vice President Harris reelected. Let's take care of this Senate ra- these Senate races. Let's, let's flip the House back and keep on moving. Shout out to uh, who's next, uh, Stephanie Miller's show, Tom Hartman, Joan Esposito, and Patty Vasquez will be filling up the rest of our wonderful day. I appreciate, appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in to Choose Views, and I look forward to sitting down and chatting with you tomorrow. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.